Real Talk, the top three books are so affordable right now that they have been officially added to my personal hunt list. They're so cheap, I added them to my Christmas list, and I'm hoping someone will get it for me under the tree this year. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. You're here. We do this every week. We go over the trending most comic books every single week, and I'm just going to kick it off right now. We're here at number 10 on the list with Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 12. That just came out this week, the 1 in 25 ratio variant. This is a 1 in 25 variant cover by David Baldion, and it's absolutely stunning. And this is hitting $35 average sales, which is not happening for, what would you say, 90% of the 1 in 25s coming out right now? Really, most of the 1 in 25 ratio variants end up going in the 12 to $20 range. And I think a lot of this has to do with how gripping this cover is. It's very, very reminiscent of like a John Tyler Christopher negative space variant. And with that big red background, it leaves a lot of open opportunities. As a pessimist, when Russ says opportunity, my brain goes opportunity for damages, opportunity for uh, <laughs> color rub, for spine ticks. But you could even do some cool. There's some spots there for signatures. You could get like a remark on that cover. There's there there is all kinds of opportunities, good and bad, with this variant. I like that you brought up John Tyler Christopher like negative space variants. This right here may be something that Marvel should consider doing over and over again. This could be a, another battle-damaged Tyler Kirkham situation where you have a similar style shot done with different renditions. Now, I'm not as familiar with David Baldion as I should be, but once I looked at his Instagram, I realized I own this Star Wars Mandalorian variant. It caught my eye, and I ordered it from the previews guide a few months ago, so it is kind of cool to bring that full circle. I also do like this connecting cover set he did here for Justice League versus Kong versus Godzilla, except it's a cover of uh, Green Lantern. It's a variant of Green Lantern and Batman and Robin that connect together to form this really cool group shot that I quite like as well. Of course, Ryan would pick a Green Lantern book to talk about. Go check out David on Instagram, and you can support the show directly. We'll send you comics every single month by going to ComicTom101.com. We pack a box, four to five comics. It's called the Mystery Mail Call. We send it to you. Every month, we pack it with an exclusive, sometimes more, and it's guaranteed to go in one per box. And two of them are going out this month. Batman 181, first appearance of Poison Ivy trade dress by Ariel Diaz. The other one is a Spider-Man variant done by Tyler Kirkham. And if you got the last month's mystery mail call, that cover will connect with the previous Spider-Boy cover that he did last month. So go pull out your old mail calls when you get this one. If you had told me that 2023 was going to be the year that the Korean movie industry affected comic books, I would have told you you were crazy. But here we are, number nine on the list, Huntress number one from 1989. This is the first appearance of the third Huntress, Helena Bertinelli. This book is going for $15 average sales and a high 9.8 for $198. Did not see this coming. As far as optimism goes for the collectible industry, this is a variable I want to know from the comic fam if they've ever thought about taking superhero franchises and sending them out of the country to be done by entirely new production teams to give them an opportunity to start a buzz like we've never seen. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I want to come out and say these are rumors. We don't know anything about this yet. And that's probably why this is so low on the list. But yeah, number nine, Huntress number one. We did hear earlier this year that this was going to be a part of the upcoming James Gunn DC Universe Chapter 2. We've been talking a lot about his like Phase 1 movies uh, all year, basically. But now we're starting to get hints and a uh, little trickling of information about Phase 2 of this DCU, one movie of which is rumored to be this Korean version of a Huntress film. We can absolutely thank James Gunn Instagram for this rumor because he posted a picture of himself with director Jong Byung-gil, who did The Villainous and Carter. He has spoke 
openly about the fact that he really likes this director and he made all of the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 people watch his movies. So it makes sense when all of a sudden we are hearing the rumor this week that they're in early talks to write and direct a Huntress movie. Think about this. The movie Parasite winning Best Picture. Squid Game. The series. Cultural phenomenon. Think about Train to Busan, one of the best horror and zombie films of all time. And then apply that same potential to a superhero franchise and what that can do to the collectibles. No one saw this variable coming, and I am so stoked and optimistic. Keep in mind that DC has not been afraid to reach to the Far East because we did have the anime Batman Ninja and the upcoming Harley Quinn Isekai. So whether it's Japanese or Korean, this is definitely a market that is ripe for the picking. Well, I'm excited to see a Korean Huntress film, and I think a lot of people in the comic community are too, and that caused a 150% increase in copies sold of Huntress number one. Both of those franchises spiked comic books. What's going to be next? Well, we'll be here to talk about it. Hit the subscribe button, and let's take a look at one of my favorite comic books of all time. At the list at number eight, we got Hellblazer number one. John Constantine. Yes, this book is hitting $70. Russ, how does a $395 9.8 feel? Because I feel like that's too low. This is way too low for some of these books that are like just pre-Vertigo DC. You know the paper quality is crappy. You know the people read them. They weren't getting these books slabbed at that point in time. And even with the not very well-received Keanu Reeves Constantine movie and the failed attempt at the DC in the CW, we know that this is a character that is just an awesome one and the right person is going to take this far. Well, Constantine 2 is coming and Francis Lawrence, the director, has officially stated that they're back to production post the strikes and post the holidays and it's caused an increase in copies sold of this book of 225%. Guys, this book hit heights of $600 at a 9.8 and even that price is surprisingly low to me. This book is selling really cheap considering that we got Keanu Reeves attached to it. Meanwhile, in the comic side of things, we are getting a new Constantine series over at DC Black Label. It's a sequel to the uh, previous Black Label Constantine book from 2019 with the same creative team of Cy Spurrier and Aaron Campbell. This is going to be called Constantine or John Constantine Hellblazer Dead in America out in January. Speaking of comics that are perpetually trending every single week, this next one is hopping from the hot 10 to the trending 10, back to the hot 10, back to the trending 10, all because of the Energon universe at the list at number seven, G.I. Joe, a real American hero, number one. So for years, this book was driven by 80s kids who were just trying to get high-grade copies for nostalgia purposes. So the fact that the Energon universe is so good and so many people are really digging what's going on with the new Transformers stuff, the upcoming Duke G.I. Joe stuff, this is really moving it this week. It's a massive amount, $280 for a raw copy, a high $9.8, $860, but we saw a new stand 9.8 go for $1,300 just in the last week. This book broke three, $4,000 at a 9.8, which obviously was a bit too expensive. Could it reach that again? I wouldn't be surprised. But also, seeing it hit near the $500 range to me seemed too low at certain times of the year. Wouldn't you say this is like closer to a seven dollars to $1,000 book? I think realistically, probably in the $800 to $1,000 range for this book, it's... Printed on Mondo paper, it's printed with a little bit thicker cardstock. It was owned by 80s kids, so you've got a good thing for maybe it's a little bit better condition, but a bad thing for maybe it's a little bit worse condition. I think the reason why we're seeing the price go from $5,000, $4,990, all-time high in 2021, part of it is the 
pandemic inflation, and part of it is the fact that there are just more copies available. And with CGC grading books faster, we are seeing more and more of these every month. So Wes brings up a good point, and although the Energon universe is driving a lot of this hype, it is aimed squarely at those 80s kids with a disposable income. We also did get the G.I. Joe tease in the last uh, Transformers film last year, so they are setting up something on the big screen as well. And then when it comes to comics, again, you've got uh, Void Rivals, which is currently on pause to allow the other series in the Energon universe to catch up. And speaking of other series, we've got Duke number one, which is the first chapter in the G.I. Joe side of the Energon universe. That's coming up very soon, actually, just under a month, December 27th by Joshua Williamson. That drops. But before that, we do have Transformers number three coming out next week. So I'm excited to get a first look at that. And we're going to kick off 2024, January 17th to be exact, with more Joshua Williamson goodness, Cobra Commander. So stay tuned because this has become one of the hottest things in ongoing comic books being released of the year. At the list at number six, courtesy of our homie Nick GQ, we have Action Comics 544. I love this spec. This is actually a good reason why you need to look thoroughly at your Key Collector app because every week there is a feature that comes out called Nick's Picks where Nick, the owner of Key Collector, will go through the entire app and kind of highlight certain books like this one that people might not really be paying attention to. This book is the introduction, the first appearance of Lex Luthor's war suit, that big powered armor that he wears to go head-to-head with Superman. In the app, you can actually find the Key Collector email, and they do community sourcing as well. So if there is some spec potential, any news that could be kind of like dove into, obviously they do all their due diligence over there before they put anything on the app. But Nick's Picks featured this book, and it makes sense. We haven't really seen a real comic book correctly adapted version of Lex Luthor on the big screen yet. And James Gunn's going to do something weird with them, but I can't imagine them straying too far from the pages of funny books. This is an anniversary issue. It's a little bit thicker and it's square bound. So be careful. It does get damaged, which is why we're seeing $10 average sales for the raw copies, but a high 9.8 for $95. Now, every time I see this yellow cover and Lex Luthor in this big It's a goofy suit. I have to laugh every single time. And this just seems like the type of thing that James Gunn's going to pull out and do. Yeah, think of Peacemaker, right? Yeah. I mean, when I hear somebody bringing up the fact that it looks ridiculous, and that is a good point, it is a silly looking suit. But then you look at what John Cena was able to pull off on screen, and it it could work. (laughs) I could see it. We did just get actor Nicholas Holt cast as Lex Luthor this past week. So it does make sense to kind of think about stuff that we might see Lex Luthor do. And it takes somebody like James Gunn to really take a character like Lex, like Lex Luthor and take him in a different direction that we haven't seen. And I think the war suit is a pretty good idea. We can dive into the speculator psyche on this next book at the list at number five, Inthman number 11. This is a quarter bin book that I would put a wager that 99.9% of comic individuals watching this video have ever heard of. And that 0.01% is at the table right now. Oh my God. It, this- We're reporting a $3 average sale, and someone on eBay actually paid $10 for this book. And I think in the notes I put someone paid $10 for this with like 10 question marks. This is the type of book that if it hits, it's like a big lottery ticket. And you know there are going to be people out there that are just buying as many cheap copies as possible. But this is a stretch. Yes, we have a female silver surfer on the cover. She looks really cool, but this is the type of thing that I can see people spending $100 traveling around and buying 100 different copies of this book, and if it doesn't pay off, they're not going to feel real bad about it. And if it does, hey, maybe they made a couple hundred bucks. Who knows? This is a real deep spec, though. 
We're reporting a $3 average sale, but realistically, you're going to find this in 25 cent bins and the kind of bins that you can like fill a short box up and get an even steeper discount than that 25 cents. And no one was specking on it. We were seeing an increase of copies sold to 333%. And there are zero copies of this book on the CGC census. We've been seeing kind of overdrive, in my opinion, on uh, Fantastic Four Silver Surfer uh, specifically speculation in the last couple of weeks. The female Silver Surfer speculation is uh, something that people, I think, are looking at and trying to cover their bases. And I think this is a good example of female Silver Surfer right there on the cover. I'm just going to get it just in case that's what happens on screen. Maybe they'll do that version of her instead of any of the other different versions that we've covered in previous weeks. Who knows? This counts as covering your bases, I guess. And like we said, it's a quarter dollar, quarter book, a three dollar book, ten dollars, you know. It's not the most expensive thing. If you Silver Surfer's your jam, go for it. I would bet on Frankie Ray, Norrin Rad, or really any other Herald of Galactus that you can think of before this one that does not have the power cosmic nor Galactus really in their story. I want to know your thoughts in the comment section below. Are you hunting for this? You got to know it at least. And let's look at the next book on the list because it is down, but it is so tough in high grade. It's tough in high grade and there's less than 100 copies in 9.8 of Avengers, number 186. This is a book from 1979. We're seeing $75 average sales for a raw copy, but somebody did pick up a 9.8 for $320. This is the issue that it's hinted that Magneto is the father of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. This is a Cathan cameo appearance, and a little over 80 copies graded at a 9.8 means that this book only comes up three to five times a year. And during WandaVision hype, when that was at an all-time high, we saw this book go from four, five, six to fifteen hundred dollars consistently around that area, and then way back down to now where it's landing at three hundred bucks. It's funny to look back at that time period, yeah, because one division and the comic boom happened at the exact same time. So for a book like this, it was sort of the perfect storm. But yeah, it's kind of a ghost book at this point, and especially in slabs. Something tells me this is the kind of book that might be more available raw in comic shops versus something that people have taken the time to hunt down and send in to get graded. But you're probably going, what the hell? Is this like WandaVision spec happening? No, this is Agatha Coven of Chaos, House of something. I don't even remember <laughs> the name anymore. But people were like worried that it wasn't going to come out. And they released the WandaVision Blu-ray. And there was some behind the scenes that showed that Agatha is coming. They were using it as a marketing way to hype up this new Disney Plus show. And that teaser spiked up this book. Yeah, that teaser and the fact that the WandaVision Blu-ray set even exists. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. I'm glad that they are. I hope they release the rest of the Disney Plus series on uh, home video. And I guess that's why we're seeing a 300% increase in copies sold of this Avengers book out of nowhere. We've already talked about this app before on this list, but we source all these books from the best comic app in existence. It's how I keep up on this marketplace. When I make decisions on what I'm going to buy or invest in and read sometimes, I utilize Key Collector Comics. And if you use code TOM101, you unlock a free two-week subscription of the app in full. But like 98% of the app is free to catalog your comics, to go shopping, and to just learn about funny books. You guys know I own a comic book shop, and I tell every single one of my customers to get this app. It is indispensable when you are on the hunt or trying to find something obscure. Number three on the list, this book is not obscure, and it was on spec radar, came off it really quickly, and then went right back onto it. Uncanny X-Men number 221, 
first appearance of Mr. Sinister. We are seeing $75 average sales and a high CDC 9.8 for $285. In the last week, we also saw a Signature Series 9.8 for $350. And I believe that's partially because Chris Claremont signs right over the middle of that uncanny X-Men. It just kills me. I think it would sell better. I'm just getting, I'm ranting about Claremont's signature. But back to this, 125% increase in copies sold because we went from Javier Bardem spec to John Hamm. Initial rumors were that Javier Bardem was going to portray the fan favorite villain, Mr. Sinister. Then this past week, rumors started circulating that he's actually going to be portraying Galactus, which opens the doors for someone else to throw their hat in the ring. And I kind of think John Hamm just did. While doing promotion for uh, Fargo season five, a plug for that show, by the way, go watch Fargo. It's amazing. John Hamm features in the fifth season of Fargo, and he was asked about appearing in a Marvel movie. And apparently he was tapped to potentially play Mr. Sinister back in the New Mutants days, but when, uh, when Fox owned the rights still to X-Men movies. That movie didn't do so well, so they didn't make a sequel. Also, Disney bought Fox, so they kind of scrapped that plan entirely. But John Hamm was, at least rumored, to portray Mr. Sinister back then in a sequel, and I guess he might want to do it still. Whatever their plans are, they include me. But if not, I know that they have a pretty deep bench of folks that are ready to be a part of those stories. They have to include John Hamm at some point. He's way too awesome of an actor to just not be part of this universe. And an increase of a copy sold of 125% proves that there are collectors and investors and comic fans like myself that are looking at these prices going, oh, we may have to pick this book up. 9.8's approaching $200 right now is far too low for the first appearance of Mr. Sinister, just like number two on the list with the boys number one, hitting $100 average sales and $429 for a CGC 9.8. The last 9.8 sale went for $340 as of the day of this filming. When you consider that the record high for this book was $700 that was set last summer and it's selling for under half of that right now, it does make sense why we're seeing a 325% increase. People are scooping this up because we did just get news this week that The Boys Mexico is going to happen. That is a Spanish language spinoff series, the second now spinoff of The Boys that is uh, just greenlit this week. We don't really know a whole lot else at this point, though. This echoes a little bit of the... DC Huntress Korea rumor, because if we're going to be having the boys in Mexico and DC's doing stuff in Korea, all these companies need to do is try and work on opening up globally, and they're going to have 10 times the amount of potential fan base. I think this is a fantastic idea. So we have Diego Luna, who is from Star Wars Andor, and Gail Garcia Bernal, who you would know from Werewolf by Night. They are slated to produce this, but considering they're actors, we're probably going to see him in this thing. This is what we're talking about with that optimism, this variable of things going global affecting comic book prices that's making me want to hunt for a boy's number one at a 9.8. It's too damn cheap, just like the number one most trending book in the world. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button, and let's talk about some Neil Gaiman, one of the best comics ever created at number one. A book that is as old as I am. The Sandman, number one from 1989. We're seeing $150 average sales for this book and a CGC 9.8 sold earlier this month for $700. How does it feel that this is the week of the 35th anniversary of The Sandman? This is super, super cool. You guys know I'm a massive Sandman fan and I do own all of the absolutes and all of the books and multiple things signed. But the fact that we had an announcement this week that Sandman series two for Netflix is back in production and things are happening all of a sudden, that's why we're seeing a 367% uptick in copies sold. And then you have to apply the current state of the market. Yeah. You just reported on a $700 9.8. The last one as of today went for $513. That is two 
damn cheap. Am I right? Absolutely. This is one of those books that we know it's a tough book. This is that era of DC where the paper is absolute crap. Things are just going to fall apart. So getting a 9-8 in this book is really, really difficult. The fact that the record high was $1,800 in August 2021 does not surprise me at all. But really, this book is on my wish list. So anyone who wants to get me a Christmas gift, this is what I want. Something that a lot of people don't know that everyone needs to is that the early issues of Sandman, covers done by Dave McKean beautifully, has these like shelves on the sides of the covers. And I think a lot of people don't know that those are actually real shelving that he used with that canvas in the middle. Dave McKean was so fantastic because he plays with multimedia. He will have an actual painting in the middle, but then physical items, and then take a photo to make the cover. It just adds more to the beauty and the fantasy of the whole Sandman mystery. I still haven't read Sandman. Shame. I've tried. Shame. I got like a trade or two into it, but it's about like gods and magic and spirituals, supernatural. It's no, it's not. not my, you're it's not, not paying my jam. attention. It's, it's about not, dreams. It's not my jam. It's about dreams. I tried. I'll try read again. It. But go ahead and roast me in the comments. Ugh. I know. I know. I've got it coming. I, I need to read Sandman. It's on my like wall of shame. It's my greatest comic book sin. I know you've all got things out there that you know you're supposed to have read and you haven't read though. So you should probably put those in the comments too, so you guys can all roast each other. Words of wisdom from Fire Guy Ryan. <laughs> but can you trust them? As always. Geek responsibly. No, you can't trust me. Enough said. 